In the morning, they all discussed what had happened the night before, and they decided that they were all pretty sure that this beast went closer to the Kinder Castle than it did to Zula's. Right, said Oren and Arthur. We've had the most amount of sleep. We'll go down to Kester and see what he heard and what he saw, they said. And so they walked out to the gates and down the little path, past the crossroads and back past the bagnut trees. When they arrived at the Kinder Castle, everyone was going about their business, and they knew just where to find Kester. He was in the Kinder Kitchen, and this time he was making acorn coffee. They were greeted by the pungent smell of it as they stepped in through the door. Kester, they said, Kester. He came to meet them. Hello, he said. Nice to see you both. I've heard all about those adventures that you have with them pirates. My goodness me, he said. What a journey. Yes, said Oran and Arthur, but we've come to you with a rather more serious conversation. More serious than pirates, said Kester. Yes, they said. Did you hear anything in the night? Any sounds? Well, said Kester, I did as a matter of fact, a sort of rumbling, slight roaring noise. Maybe more like a growl, he said. To be honest, I thought it was in my dreams. Why? Well, they said, things have been happening. Kester's face went from a jolly smile to a concerned look. What sort of things, he said. Well, explained Arthur. Zula said you were there with her the other day when she found that unicorn foal. Oh, I was, he said. Did you find the mother yet? No, that's the thing, said Arthur. We went with Sophia to the unicorns to ask what possibly could have happened. The ones in the purple lands, that is. And, said Kester, what happened? Well, they told us that a beast came in the night and it took three of their unicorns. It had glowing eyes and it growled and roared and rumbled. Kester's face went from concerned to horrified. No words came out. The thing is, said Arthur, that very beast came to our woods last night and the night before. You must make sure you keep all of your lights out so it doesn't know to come here. And you're sure it's a, it's a beast of some sort, he said. It must be, said Oren. We've seen the damages left in the woods. There are scratches and scrapes on the sides of the trees and lots of flattened undergrowth. Plus, in the distance, we've seen its glowing eyes. Oh dear, said Kester. This doesn't sound good. I wonder where it's come from, and I wonder why it's here. Just then, the most unexpected thing of all happened. Someone new walked in the castle gates. Someone who looked a little lost, like they'd never been there before. Someone big, well, not too big, but human-sized. They walked in, and they had shaggy hair and pointy ears, and a sort of old-fashioned tunic about them, tied with a belt. They had sacks on their feet instead of shoes, and they were tied in sort of bunches, like their feet were little parcels. They wandered in, and as usual, the kinder came to greet them. Oren and Arthur and Kester were only made aware of this when he was led in the front door, brought into the kitchen for a kinder biscuit. Hello, said Kester. Who might you be? My name is Peregrine, the man said, but you can call me Perry for short. Well, welcome, Perry, said Kester. 
Now, we always like a mystery round here. Tell us, where'd you come from? Why are you here? Perry looked a little awkward at this question, like he didn't quite want to answer it, or he didn't know how. Um, he said, the thing is, I don't remember where I came from, and I don't really remember why I'm here. Oh dear, said Kester, then something must have happened to you. Yes, said Perry, although, well, I'm not really sure what. Well, you must be careful, out there, said Kester. We've just learned that there's a big beast in the woods. Come, stay with us and we'll look after you, said Kester. Thank you, said Perry. I'm humbled by your hospitality. Kester gave him kinder biscuits and acorn coffee and tried ever so hard not to ask too many questions, but he was very curious to know more about him. Are you from Aralan? he said. I'm not sure, said Perry. I wish I knew. Oh dear, sounds like you've definitely been through some sort of ordeal, said Kester. Let me show you around, and tonight you can stay with us. Oren, Arthur, are you staying with us tonight? We won't be staying tonight, they said to Kester, for Zula has sent us down for news to see if the beast came close to you last night. Tell me of this beast, said Perry. What is it? What am I to look for? Well, none of us really know, said Kester. We know it's big, we know it's got glowing eyes, and we know it comes in the night, and that there are sometimes some other voices that accompany it, other creatures. Maybe they're working for it, or maybe it's working for them. We don't really know. Perry's eyes shifted from side to side. He looked a little bit uncomfortable for a short moment, and then he looked at them. I'm so thankful, he said, that you've taken me in and protected me from this fierce beast. As Kester was showing Perry around, he was very interested in everything Kester showed him. He was fascinated particularly by the unusual types of roses and by the fascinating creatures that were there, like the gold-beaked parrots with their golden claws, and the fish in the rainbow fountain. But most of all, he was most fascinated and most excited by the prism. The prism seemed to make him all of a flurry. Wow, he said, this is, well, it's just, oh, well, oh, I'm not, I'm not seeing something so exciting, he said, this is, This is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. Although Kester thought so too, obviously, he was surprised to see another creature from another land or another part of Aralan be so connected to the prism. He sat and he told the whole story. Perry was drinking it in. This, he said, this is, well, it's like, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. I know, said Kester, it's our most prized possession. Now, we must come out and I must lock the door. So he came out and he locked the door and they went back downstairs. When the sky turned orange, Oren and Arthur decided to make their way back to Zula's. They said goodbye to Kester and Perry and the other kinder and they walked back out up the path. As they walked up the path, they started to get a little uneasy. They knew that nightfall was coming and they were desperate to get back before it did. And then, at the crossroads, just at the crossroads, there again on the floor, 
they saw something colourful. Look, said Arthur, it looks like the other half to that wrapper we found earlier. One of us must have one in our pockets. Did you fully check, he said. I thought I did, said Oren. Look, pick it up. He picked it up and put it in his pocket. Could it be the other one from earlier that it's escaped, he said. Possibly, said Oren, and he fished around. No, there it is, he said, the one from earlier. We really need to be careful. When they got back to Zula's yard, they told the others of Kester's dream with the rumbling and the roaring. And then they told them of Perry, a new creature who had arrived. He was tall, like a human, but had pointy ears and shaggy hair, and an old-fashioned outfit with sack shoes. Wow, said the others, that's exciting. Where's he from? Why is he here? Well, that's the thing, said Oren. We don't know. I mean, he doesn't know. He seems to have forgotten where he's come from and why he's here at all.